Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Conservative Connection. Very uh, strong episode for you today, and we're going to be talking about what I think a lot of conservatives have uh, dropped the ball on and are no longer talking about when it comes to world powers, the WEF. We're going to be talking about Israel as well, and we have on Pastor Rich here on the Conservative Connection. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Pastor Rich, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to today. Yeah, definitely. We have uh, a lot to talk about. So, um, first of all, I know we wanted to get to Israel. So, um, I've given a kind of a brief history in my last episode about Israel and why I, I'm not really sympathetic uh, to the to the Gazan cause, because I just feel like they've had a ton of instances in which they could have had a peaceful resolution, or they could have even had a majority of the land. And I feel like every time they just uh, they shirk the opportunity. Uh, well, that's correct. Uh, I've been to Israel many times. I have friends living in Jerusalem who update me on a regular basis on what's going on in the street. You know, mm-hmm. we we listen to media. We wonder. Is any of it true? Right. Are we getting a spin? And there, the truth is there's no such thing as news without a spin. It's hard to be totally objective. Right. And that much of what we're hearing, we listen to the broadcaster who tells us what we want to hear. Yeah. And seldom do we ever process both sides of the same coin. And this has many sides to it. But if you go to the history of Israel, it helps us to understand the mentality, if you go all the way back, and actually tomorrow in my message, I'm going to be talking about uh, how Islam came into existence through Ishmael. Remember Ishmael and Isaac were brothers, and uh, they both had the same father. And it says right there in Genesis that Ishmael be like a wild donkey. Every hand will be against him, and he will be against every hand. He's uncontrollable. And even though Islam didn't exist back then, it was a foreshadowing. Then if we go to the history of Israel in modern times, uh, as of, say, 1918, the Balfour Declaration, you start to understand the mentality. Very early on, even before Israel became a nation, uh, they were offering them land. It's not about land, and it's not about the Jewish people. It's about having Islam as the, the dominant religion and Uh, basically political movement of the world. And anybody, whether you're Jew, Gentile, if you're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, uh, Maoist, whatever you are, you are an enemy of of, uh, Islam. Islam. And that's the problem. Yeah. And um, I will give credit to um, even some of the Darwinian atheists. They do understand and they don't compromise on how militant Islam is. Now, what disturbs me, though, is that the they will be talking about the militant aspects of Islam, but I feel like the church tends to not go there. Well, exactly, because we're to love everybody, and we yeah. do. We love everybody. We love Muslims. We love Jews. Yes. We love uh, Christians. We love people of every faith and every nationality. So, But within that idea of love, we also have the other idea of justice. God is also, he's a mixture of love and justice. If he's too just, then where's the love and mercy? And if he's too merciful and loving, then where's the justice? Yes. And it's holding those opposite uh, traits in perfect tension is where we come up with what real theology is. God is totally just. He's also totally loving. 
And keeping those things in tension is always a challenge. Being balanced in an unbalanced world is more difficult all the time. Mm -hmm. My generation, I grew up, uh, everybody had kind of what we called common sense. And the reason it's called common sense, because it was common. Everybody, whether you were Jew, Gentile, Muslim, Hindu, there were certain family values and values of right and wrong. uh, And to note that of all the civilizations ever discovered by man, every single one of them, all of them contain at least six of the Ten Commandments as their guiding principles. Mm -hmm. God said, I will write my laws on your heart. So whether you're a Christian or not, or whether you're Jew or not, the Bible still contains these immutable, unchangeable standards. And today we have lost them. And that's why we're all failing uh, as a culture, as a nation, and as a world, our world is in turmoil, and yep. there is no answer outside of Jesus. And so uh, that's the big picture. And so Islam, it, on its own, uh, can be compatible with other religions and other cultures, but not for long. Once the radicalization comes in, that's when uh, 15% or even less, sometimes 10% of a radical group can overthrow the 90%. Right. I mean, if you get a bunch of radicals in and yes. they decide to kill all the moderates, yes, uh, you, yeah. you're only going to have radicals. Yeah. You listen to Bridget Gabriel and she, a former Muslim, will tell you that. They, mm-hmm. You think about Nazi Germany was only about 12 to 15% radicalized Nazis. Mm-hmm. How did they get the Jewish people, which I mean, the German people who are basically good, decent, hardworking yeah, people. Upstanding how people. did you get them to turn and uh, become uh, marginal, marginalizing a whole group of people? And the Jews, for the most part, felt they were Germans, mm-hmm. were German Jews. The yeah. German was part of their culture. But they said, no, if you're a Jew, you cannot be a German. Yeah. And so when you get to that point, you start to understand that some things are just not compatible. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's one of those things where I described it as basically you have a feud between two peoples and one people says you should not exist. And then the other people says, we'd love to have you. For all the people who try to say that Israel is an apartheid state, I see no Jews in the surrounding 44 Arab nations, but I see a lot of Arabs in the Jewish nation of Israel. Yeah, Yes, yeah, that's a great insight. That's a great yeah. insight. So if we have all these other nations, all were Islam, if you want to be Islamic, go to an Islamic nation. Why do you want to uh, be evangelistic and try to convert everybody? Well, if you come to another culture to convert them, you have to be respectful and you Mm -hmm. have to give them something appealing to make you want to come to our culture. Mm -hmm. So as a Christian, uh, growing up in a Christian nation, why would I want to become Muslim when it actually puts me at odds with everybody? Right. The Christian loves everybody, and although they not they don't always love us back, we have the challenge of bringing forth a message of salvation for the world. Right. It's. Um, can you explain also? I've gone into lengths about this, but why Hamas is not? Why Hamas is more akin to ISIS than they are to a bunch of helpless victims in the in the. In the correct. Area. That's correct. That's correct. And they always work. Um, they have the Eastern mindset, which is methodically moving the peace forward. Mm-hmm. One step backward and two steps forward and one step back and one, two steps forward. And if you study the history of Israel as a nation, 
back in 48. They, they wanted compatibility and, yeah. and they offered them land. Mm-hmm. They didn't want land. So it's never about land and it's not even about the Jewish people. It's about hating everyone. Everyone will be against him and he'll be against every man. And that is a very uh, clear picture of Islam mm-hmm. in, in, a, um, in a country like America. Islam, Islamic people can live at peace with yeah. others. But once they start saying that I need to kill you yeah. because you don't believe the way I believe, now we have a problem. Right. As someone once said, uh, in some countries, people love their neighbors. In other countries, people eat their neighbors. Who do you want for your neighbor? Right. And so we have to face those ugly realities. Yeah. So um, many people, not me, but many people were shocked by the anti-Semitic sentiment on college campuses. Now, if you've been active like I have on college campuses for the past five years, you would know that this was a growing movement and that this was akin to the the left decided to align themselves with people of the Palestinian movement of the Palestinian cause. But what they did not do was break down um, the rhetoric and actually look at it at face value. So when they say things like from the river to the sea, I want people to know that like um, even uh, Shapiro, you know, broke this down very well when somebody said, we want Palestine to be free. And he said, which part, which part do you want to be free? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Oh, all of Israel. You want all. So you don't want just like a small portion. No. And the point is, why would they want to be there Mm -hmm. when they have many other countries to go to well i've made i've made the point before that if if you had another democracy set up in the middle east and it didn't even have to be near any of the holy sites it could be in saudi arabia or syria or any of these arab nations it would basically be if it became a haven for the jews it would become israel 2.0 and they'd want to exterminate it just as much exactly yeah. and if you understand that there's many factors working on what's going on in our world mm-hmm. First of all, there's the political, there's the financial, uh, then there's the ideological, and of course, there's the spiritual. Mm -hmm. Why is it no nation in the history of the world has ever been obliterated as an entity and then come back into entity again 2,586 years later in the exact borders, using the exact currency, reviving a language that was dead for hundreds of years and relearning Hebrew and making it the language of the day. Uh, No nation has ever done that. And we have to say there seems to be a supernatural quality that seems to be working behind the scenes. There is a God, the God of the Bible, who, who has basically written history long before it was history. Yes. And the prophecies of the Bible are one part that the naysayers of the Bible have not been able to process how did God write the future 2,500, 300, 5,000 years in advance and telling you what's going to be? Nobody could have done that except the mind of God. What I try to tell people too on college campuses is that you'll notice um, between the Jews and the Gazans, what will end up happening is when the Jews go into the history of Israel, it's highly specific. They have dates. They have, yes, uh, they, yes. these are the rulers. These are the kingdoms. When you get into the Gazan side, it's, we were always there, but they have no dates. They have no time period. There's no timeline. If I wanted to study Gazan slash Palestinian quote unquote history, I wouldn't have anything to go on other than we were just always there. 
there's no real meat to any of the history that they say that they have. Yes, and they don't necessarily have a great form of government. There's not no. a lot of uh, structure no. and framework. It's uh, it's basically all passion. And uh, if you've studied Islam, you find that there there's many gaps in there that um, are not compatible. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to hurt people. Our desire is to love people. Yeah. As I, I was talking to a Christian woman, and she was saying, I, I just don't know what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's a great question. What do we do? Right. And I, I said, I know you have a nice pet dog. They're a cute little, little, I uh, uh, forget what, Pekingese. And, and I said, you love that dog? Oh, yes. I said, you would never hurt that dog, would you? Oh, no, I would never hurt that dog. I said, what would you do if the dog had rabies? Yeah. And now suddenly we realize that maybe the dog has to be put down because it is going to infect others. It is in turmoil. It is going crazy inside yeah. and there's no cure for it. So now what do we do? Yeah. And I know that can come across as that we need to start killing people. No, it's not yeah. emphatically not what I'm saying, but sometimes you have to deal with someone or something, an ideology that is incompatible with all other ideologies. Yeah. What I would, what I would describe it as, as I saw, I heard one, um, commentator and said, if you're a soldier and you're faced with a terrorist who's taken two kids hostage, do you, do you kill those kids to get to the terrorist? And what he said was what I want to make sure as a soldier is that that terrorist never takes another kid's life right. again. And if yeah. I let that terrorist go, Mm -hmm. He will kill more kids. Yeah. He will take more hostages. That well, let's just happen. take the hostage issue. Um, why are we releasing the hostages a little at a time? Yeah. I mean, that's a serious question. Okay, you got hostages. We have hostages. You yeah. release your hostages. We'll release our... Why are we doing it little? They're stalling for time. Yes. And they're also using it as propaganda time mm -hmm. to keep portraying all these things. I've seen the videos. I have people who live in Israel who are friends yeah. who tell me what's going on. Uh, no one who looks seriously and objectively into the issue can compare Israel's atrocities, and they have them, I'm sure. Oh, yes. And yeah. so there, there is no perfect people. There is no one who is in government of any country that doesn't have blood on their hands somewhere. Yeah. Wars uh, are, are instigated by leaders, but I know the land of Israel, people lived at peace. Bedouins, Muslims, and Jews lived at peace for hundreds of years without a problem. Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen the movie Exodus made in the 60s, uh, it tells you uh, basically a modern update of what took place. And in the movie, Paul Newman yeah. uh, is lived in Israel in a kibbutz, and his neighbor uh, was Muslim. Their fathers were best of friends, fellowshiped together, respected one another's religion and beliefs, but worked together, helped each other on their farms, and the kids grew up as being best of friends. Yeah. So uh, now the Muslim friend had to be killed because he was still friends with the Jewish friend and tried to help him, and so the other Muslims killed him. It's a very good movie, Exodus. Yeah. And um, it, it does capture uh, the tension that takes place. And my question is, why can't people just get along? You want to be a Hindu, a Muslim, a, a Jew, a Christian? Yeah. Then, then be, be that. 
Right. But when you're telling other people they have to be like you at the point of a gun, we now have a problem. Yeah. Well, I, I said this earlier too. Uh, what were their three no's, right? No negotiations with Israel. Yeah. No peace with Israel. No talks with Israel. Yeah. Like no no friendship with Israel, no allyship with Israel. And you get to the point where it's like, okay, if you have no peace and you have no negotiation and you have no recognition, that's not that's not a land dispute. That's a gun to your head. Yeah, it's an ideology and yeah. that has to be dealt with. And when you find something that's incompatible with others, then it's just like I said in the Bible, you will be against every man and every man will be against you. And that is a perfect description of where radical Islam is. Yeah. And um, on these college campuses too, what, what shocks me is I never thought I'd have to explain to my fellow Americans that terrorists who are taking Americans hostage, not just, yeah. not, not even just the Jews, they're taking Americans hostage are not the good guys. No, no. I right. never thought I'd have to explain that. I'm like, okay, they took our people too. Yes, yes, yes. True, true, true. So all of it goes back, of course, biblically, it goes back to Satan, goes mm -hmm. to Lucifer falling uh, from heaven. Uh, but it, it's manifesting itself in our life, in, in our day. And all of the things that took place in the past are taking place again today because man has a sinful heart. Yeah. And the only thing that can help is uh, a transformation that takes place in giving your life to Christ. But if you study the history of of Israel and Gaza. It, I try to separate Hamas is not, they're not Palestinians. No, they're uh, not. And when I was in Israel, every time I've been there, I think I've been there six times, every time I had conversations with um, Palestinians. Yeah. And they would say on the side real quietly, oh, by the way, we do like it when Israel is in control because there's peace. They get along with us. They don't bother us. Yeah, but and, they can't say that out loud because they'll get killed. That's right. And, and you know, any Palestinian can become an Israeli citizen and apply for citizenship. Yeah. And anyone who does will be killed by Hamas because said, you're a traitor to your people. Yeah. So the poor people in Palestine, the Palestinians, if you want to call them that, are the ones who are caught in the middle. Mm. If they don't side with Hamas, they are killed. And it only takes that small group of radicalized religious fanatics who take no other response but complete submission. That's what Islam means, submission. Yeah. And it's it's a tragic situation. Like, yeah. And I, I, I told people uh, last time we were here, I said, when you look at the situation with the, the Dresden being bombed in World War II, right? Mm -hmm. I said, you know, you'll look at it in white phosphorus tearing people apart like yeah, something yeah. out of a yeah. horror movie. Right. Like... Were those people innocent? Yeah. Do I side with the Nazis? No. Yeah, and there's always the, the issue of collateral damage in yeah. any war. And wars are horrible. And as you know, some of our history, America did not want to get involved in a European war. No. Or a Pacific war. Yeah. And so or there World is, War II. Or World War II in general. Mm -hmm. They were pacifists. And they said, we, we fought one brutal war, which was the war to end all oh, wars. Yeah. We don't want any more of those. Mm -hmm. And so they were very reticent. And there is some strong evidence that our government knew that the Japanese were planning a raid on Pearl Harbor. And they could have subverted it, but they wanted it to happen. Actually, um, FDR was warned 
repeatedly yes. by one of his military officials. Yes. And at one point, it was almost like the Titanic because FDR sent a thing, said, well, I can't bring this up because I'm trying to get reelected. And the second he did get reelected, guess yeah. what he did? He yeah. fired the official who was warning him about Pearl yeah. Harbor. Yes, yes. And if you saw the movie Midway, you get this. Um, yeah. Uh, Great movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So you understand that politics, um, boy, they're they're all the same. <laughs> It doesn't matter what country it, you go it, it's, to. It's unfortunate. They're all the same. It's and staying in office, staying in power, and they don't relinquish power easily. No. But that's what, after Pearl Harbor, the next day or two, hundreds of thousands of young men enlisted because now uh, we have been uh, attacked. Yes. And that's what you need. They need to have the tide. You look what's going on in Turkey right now. Yeah. Massive, massive um, rallies. And each leader is getting their people inflamed for war. Yeah. And people, what if people just said, we're not fighting, we're not going to war? Right. Guess what if all the people in the world said, we're not fighting, we're not going to war about anything, okay? Mm -hmm. Guess what? There'd be no more wars. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people in the United States are reaching that position where yeah. they just say, we are not fighting your wars anymore. Yeah, but the wars do come to you. And yeah. The worst of men must fight, but sometimes the best of men must die. And we have fought wars um, for uh, 150 years that were not our wars. I know. But we fought them to liberate people. We're not expansionists. And that's what I hate when people say that America is colonialists. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We fought two, a, war, a war on two fronts. Yes. And we took no property out of it. No, we, we gave a lot of property we, we away. Gave, we gave it back. And then we sent money over to rebuild the nations we just bombed. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can criticize America, and we have plenty of, of flaws, and we got blood on our hands. Yes. But no nation in history ever did that. Yeah. And that's not to say that America is perfect. We, no, no. We no. Um, flipped the tables over on Chiang Kai-shek when we should have been backing him, and instead we backed Mao. You know, we did other things. We helped Fidel Castro get into power. We have politics. We have communists in our country, and have had for a hundred years. And if I could, uh, yeah. if we change subjects, we'll we'll get to um, a document. I'm going to share a little bit. Yeah, because uh, again, it's relevant in the news because um, at the time of this recording, Henry Kissinger has just died. Right, and this is uh, very relevant because people are like, "Who is this guy who just died?" Um, if I am to end um, this Israeli discussion really quick, I, I hope that one day when we get to paradise, we'll see, you know, guys and children and Israeli children playing together in heaven. I would yeah, love to yes. see that. Remember, the average person doesn't want to fight. Yeah. The average Muslim, an average Jew, an average Christian could coexist if we kept politics out of it. Yeah. And we have, we got proof of that. Yeah. Anyway, that uh, ends our discussion. We're going to bring ourselves to our first break, and we're going to get into the WF. Trust me when I say uh, you're going to want to stick around. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland 
Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. And we're back. So Henry Kissinger uh, just died. Um, Now, uh, a lot of people, a lot of conservatives, I feel like, are are dropping the ball a little bit because they want to talk about things like dinks, which are dual income, no kids, and they're calling these people stupid, but they're somehow upset that the stupid people won't reproduce. Um, Just me, I'm more concerned about the people trying to monopolize water. That that seems like a bigger issue to me than somebody who's coping with the fact that they can't afford kids or they can't have kids. Well, that's a whole subject for another day. Yeah, we'll uh, talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I, I really, do, but I think this is a pressing issue. So, Henry Kissinger. You know what's interesting about Henry Kissinger is that when he taught at Harvard's uh, Kennedy uh, Government School, one of his students was none other than Klaus Schwab. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And Henry Kissinger is a very shadowy. Yes. Character. If you study him, uh, he's not this benevolent, um, uh, doddering grandfather of American politics. Uh, very unscrupulous in many ways. And as you peel the onion on some of these uh, so-called leaders, uh, you find out they had other people pulling their strings. Yeah. And he was definitely all part of the Klaus Schwab New World Order that was coming along hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he's been invited to the WEF multiple times. And uh, it was funny how like when he died, the news propagated it as this tragic moment. And uh, yeah. one of my friends, she was from Yaf, she's like, yeah. okay, yeah, he died. I'm not sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was, uh, it's funny too. And it's ironic because this is one of the men who led the depopulation movement. And yet we're supposed to be sad he's dead. But he wanted everybody else dead. Yes. Well, if you study history, uh, you cannot find any culture that lasted for any length of time that was not favorable to family. Yeah. Uh, I say no nation can be stronger than its churches. Mm-hmm. No church can be stronger than its families. And so the family is the core unit. It's the quintessential ingredient in every prosperous country. So if we fall below 2.4 population growth, we start to become in decline and we are well under two, which no nation has ever survived after that. And if you're not having children, you're not getting married and raising kids in a uh, enduring, loving uh, environment, you're breeding juvenile delinquents. And what are we seeing today? you know, off the charts, our country and many around the world are headed for big trouble because there's no order and the breakdown of the family is the quintessential ingredient. Yeah. And, and we've, we've reached a point, you know, it's funny because like we're at the time of this recording, we're around the Christmas season and, um, you know, my family will watch something like home alone. Right. And you'll see what, what they're shocked by is that this little kid can buy like 10 days worth of groceries and it costs them 1984, like less than 20 bucks. I think they're talking about that today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, today, um, people my age in their 20s and in in their 30s are saying, you know, we can't afford to have a house. We can't afford to get married. We can't afford to have kids. And we live in a time of hyperinflation where you're going to work harder to 
pay more with money that buys you less. Yeah, and the financial issues, I mean, we're all bankrupt. Yes. If you go to a website, World Debt Clock, mm -hmm. uh, you will notice that every nation is in debt. Yes. And you go, hmm. And of all the nations who are in debt, America is the most in debt. Yes. yes. And you think, wait a minute. In the 1980s, we were the biggest creditor nation in the world. And how did we go from the mid-80s to today to being the greatest debtor nation? And how can we survive financially? And the answer is print money. That's the answer. Right. But the big picture is eventually when you keep printing money and you can't catch up because the train is pulling out of the station and you can't catch it anymore, it's now gone, uh, how are we going to live a life with uh, increasing costs and and salaries where people cannot afford to even live at the standard that we have been living. Yes. So there is a, a doomsday coming financially, which is a separate issue, but it was created on purpose. Oh, we know this. Yeah, and, and I've been trying to explain this to people yeah. that the inflation issue in which you cannot afford basic goods, it is not a bug of the system. It was a feature. Yes, and it was it was pre-programmed. Mm -hmm. So if you take the young people, uh, you're going to be frustrated. Your generation is frustrated, yes. and, and I get it. Yeah. And so, what can I do? As I'm I'm a leader or a pol political leader, how can I deal with that? Because eventually, you're going to come after me and say, "Why did you do this? Why did you let our country get in such debt?" Yeah. And I'm going to say to you, "It's not me. It's the guy over there. It's those Russians. It's the Chinese. It's the yeah. Gazans. We have to deflect." any kind of persecution coming at me because that's how I stay in power. Right. So I have to ramp up the rhetoric. I have to ramp up the propaganda to get you to hate someone else besides me. And then we deflect it and I stay in power and you stay frustrated. Yep. And, and also too, um, we're moving to uh, solutions, things that are better for the common good of the, of the people in these shadowy, vague terms that they throw out. You, you remember in World War II pre-Nuremberg trials when they said, we have the final solution, right? And right, nobody, right. nobody in America had ever heard of that. What's this great final solution? Oh, we're going to exterminate the Jews. Well, um, basically when they say we're doing what's good for the common good, they'll expose themselves and say, you're going to own nothing and be happy. I mean, that, they, they've said it. They've said it. There is yep. a... Um there is a philosophy that said that God knew that Satan could be so seductive and deceptive that he could fool anybody. Yeah. But he put something in there. I think it's called the Sitchell movement mm -hmm. that he could never do anything without telling people right up front what he's going to do. And the world economic forum, Hitler said exactly what he was going to do. He, yeah. he, he, he didn't hide it. And he became Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Yeah, many times. I think three or four times. And yeah. also Mao and others, they always tell you what they're going to do. Yeah. From the mafia hoodlum that says, I'm going to make you an offer you can't, can't refuse. refuse. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take care of you. Uh, I'm going to swim with the fishes. Uh, you start to understand that this, whatever it is, yes. has to be related straight up. And that's what they're doing. I mean, Hamas doesn't hide it. They no. want to destroy all Jews. That's period. That's well, you know, if it talks like a psychopath yeah. and looks like a psychopath and walks like a psychopath, it must be a philanthropist that wants yeah. your best interest at heart. Right? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's, that's I've not heard that phrase. That's good. I like it. <laughs>
Yeah, but um, th- this this philosophy that these World Economic Forum leaders have it is extremely Darwinian, and you can you can draw a direct line from Darwin to Nietzsche to Hitler, and you can draw direct lines from this to their depopulation schemes to what they want, and they'll openly talk about death panels. Um, we had one girl here who was a, a very good guest, but she started to you know praise Canadian healthcare, in which I I probably should have rebutted her, but we were running out of time. And, you know, the best thing I want is a healthcare system that encourages me to kill myself, right? But but that's that was a huge scandal in the Canadian healthcare system under the World Economic Forum. They were promoting assisted suicide. They said, "Oh, this is you. You want to kill yourself? It's good. We'll help you kill yourself." Yes, and you want to do it for your kids and your grandkids. It's I a mean, depopulation thing. You're helping. Yes, you're yes, helping the yes. world. Yeah. Well, think about depopulation uh, just as a sidebar. Uh, you travel anywhere in the world. I mean, you, you go out west. You drive through Wyoming. You drive through Montana, Kansas, Nebraska. I mean. You could fit the whole world's population in Rhode Island. Yes, or, or Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, the idea that there we're running out of land and and that we have to stop the CO two. Wait a minute, CO two. That's what plants breathe. CO two right. is good for plants. Why are we believing? And so they know how to couch the rhetoric in such a way that you believe the lie and yeah. you like the lie. Yeah, and. Um- Many of what they're promoting, like CBDC, which is central bank digital currency, oh, it's, yes. it's, it's going to be promoted as a solution. Oh, you don't have to worry if your kid gets lost because they're chipped. You don't have to worry if you have your passport because you're chipped. Yeah. You don't have to worry if you have your wallet or if you don't forgot money because no you're chipped. No one can rob you. Yeah. Or people can't rob you. You're, yeah. you're chipped. Well, <laughs> but it, 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 yeah, it'll be promoted as a solution. And you have people like um, you have... Klaus Schwab talking to the head of Google, and he's saying, wouldn't it be great? We'll be able to have people chipped, and we'll know their responses. They'll know, we'll know what they're feeling when we speak to them. Yes, and, uh, you know. Raving about it. I, I actually did a series um, of sermons way back 40 years ago. Yeah. And I talked about the advantageous view of having uh, the mark of the beast. Yeah. The number one, drugs would stop because all drug transactions are cash. Yeah. So now if I don't have cash... Um, then I, it's going to basically put a kink in all illegal drug sales. It's also, of course, we'll legalize that. Yeah. Uh, but then we'll, we'll also, there'll be no uh, child trafficking. There'll be no prostitution. There'll be no illegal gambling. Everything will be taxed because we know everything where it's at. Also, all that you just said, you don't have to carry a wallet, no credit card, no purse. Everything will be automatically, they'll just walk up, scan my head, and away it goes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> If you know anything about electronics, they don't always work. No, they don't. In um, fact, um, there was a story where one girl, she got chipped. She was one of the first people. She started to talk about how she regretted being chipped. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she couldn't access her house because her house was would open up to her because of her chip. She couldn't access and drive her car because her car would work <laughs> with the chip. She couldn't, she couldn't buy with her chip oh, anymore. Oh. Her chip didn't work. Conveniently and coincidentally, right after she said, I don't know if I like being chipped. Oh, I wonder if they should make a movie like that, huh? They have made a, yeah. um, a, a TV show called Black Mirror in which um, everybody's chipped and, and they rate their social score. And their social score determines whether or not they can get on an airplane or whether or not they can Yeah, well, that's where we're headed. Taxi. Total control, total control. And so, um, yeah, we're living in perhaps the most interesting times in the history of the world. Right. And everybody's looking for a solution, a way out. If the mark of the beast did come, 
and it came on us suddenly because we've now kind of had a precursor to it with vaccine passports. What do you oh, think? Yeah. What do you oh, think yes. potential oh, yes. solutions could be to that? Like for us, for Christians, like let's say we were cut out of the market tomorrow. What do you think we could do? Well, we never if we prepared. One, yeah, well, that's why we have to be prepared because remember we believe the Bible's true and it's right. God's foreshadowing this stuff, telling us. So why would I tell you the future if you're not going to be here? Right. For the people who are the pre-trib raptures, uh, you're not going to be here. Why do I need to tell you? Mm-hmm. Why is God telling us what's going to happen if we're not going to be around? We're going to be around, at least for part of it. Yeah, I and, believe that. Yeah, and so we're we're facing uh, many days of um, difficulty, but that's when, to me, the cream rises to the top. That's when Christians will really have their faith tested and we'll find out how strong is our faith. And we'll have a chance to demonstrate to the world. And remember, heaven is all watching. And to demonstrate all of eternity, what is a Christian? What does it mean? What is it like? How does it, how does it flesh out in the day we're living in? I've been doing a series, as you know, Christianity in Context. context yeah. How does our Christianity play out in different environments? How did it play out in the 1700s or the 1400s? And mm-hmm. how is it going to play out in our day, in our lifetime? I'm seeing I'm seeing Christians come up with very smart solutions. Uh, one person that I know said, um, "I collect ammunition. If I were shut out of the market tomorrow, I could use that as a currency because oh, a yes. lot of people are going to want hunting ammunition if they can't buy steak and food. A lot of people are going to want self defense ammunition if everything goes belly up." And he said, "I can use that as a currency because it's a valuable good that can always be traded." Yeah, absolutely. Many things, just like if I've got $1,000 in the bank, Mm -hmm. they could just shut that off. I don't have $1,000. But if I have $1,000 worth of merchandise, set aside food and of course, but just merchandise. I have tools. I've got a car. I've got a motor scooter. I've got an electric bike. I could get around. Those all become commodities. Yeah. And what happens in hard times is people trade commodities. Yeah. So- when people hear CBDC, sometimes they get a little confused. Um, I want you to think of it kind of like cryptocurrency, but instead it can be controlled by the government, whereas the appeal of ki- cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized. This will be completely centralized. They can institute things like negative interest rates, right? So like the longer you keep this in the bank and don't sell it, the more money you're going to lose. And it, oh, yeah. There, when you manipulate the markets and you manipulate what people think through the media mm-hmm. and now through AI, which I don't understand all the implications of that. I, yeah, I'm going to have to have another one of my guests on to talk about that because we were just talking about that. So yeah, I just, just found it interesting. You've all seen the movie um, uh, with uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, Terminator. Terminator, yeah. Uh, a more a more recent one that was kind of like when it, when it comes to chips in the head and AI was Upgrade, which was another good one. Oh, I didn't see that. That's a very good one. Um, every purpose, people, uh, people haven't really seen it as much, but it's a hidden gem. It's very good. Well, interesting, but I just know uh, they said AI will take over the world. It'll take over human beings. Wait a minute. If AI is made after the human mind, the human mind has original sin, mm-hmm. and AI is going to have original sin. What happens when you have AI fighting AI fighting other AIs? Right. <laughs> and and and, they, and then they start wondering, hey, why are we serving these these bunch of human primate things for? Like, why don't we just run the world ourselves? <laughs> yes, but then they're going to fight among themselves. Power yeah. corrupts. And yeah, that's it's, true. That's innate, even in in um, higher forms of intelligence. So, yeah. well, we'll. We're sitting on the 50-yard line at the greatest time in 
the yeah. world, and we we might see it all come to pass. The, well, the WEF has noticed this too because they said um, in 2015, Klaus Schwab wrote a book called The Fourth Industrial Revolution, in which he talked about AI and he talked about cryptocurrency and he talked about all of these things. And he said the the people who master these technologies will end up being the masters of the world. That is their philosophy. Now, for those people who think uh, like I know a lot of people don't really understand cryptocurrency. But the government seems to be, be really against private citizens holding it, even though they're buying it up themselves. And they'll say things like, well, uh, the Bitcoin, that's for people who are drug dealers and avoiding the law and doing all these things. Let me ask you a question. Did the people on Epstein's Island, were they using Bitcoin to get there? Were they? Were the, was that what they were using? Yeah. Or were they using U.S. dollars and yes, just hiding yes. it from you? Yes, yes. All of the above. All yeah. of the above. But I, I feel like we have a government of gangsters, <sighs> and they're becoming globalist gangsters, and that's going to come at the expense of freedom. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we, we know who's the ultimate uh, puppet master, and that's uh, Satan himself. And he's he has his minions. Yeah. And they all think that they're in on the inside track, and and they're they're very deceived themselves. Remember, he's the master of deception. Yep. It says in Timothy that they'll be deceivers who are themselves deceived. And when I was in Haiti, and we were uh, witnessing to some witch doctors, mm -hmm. and these were very powerful witch doctors. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me how him and his demon are like really tight. And I said, Do you understand <laughs> that your your demon that you work with? hates you yeah he went, what? what what are you talking i said your demon hates you satan hates you they want to drag you to hell they don't love you they there's no affection there's no fellowship yeah. with evil evil it, is evil and hates all the other evil all the demons in hell hate they each other hate you they yeah. hate each other too yeah and it's it's like a chicken saying well colonel sanders is my best friend <laughs> He wants the best for me. He gives me food. He yeah. gives me water. He yeah. pets me. Yeah. You know, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's it's one of these things. And, and one of the things that I need uh, conservatives and Christians to understand in this time where all these narratives are being thrown at you um, is that these people do not have a moral foundation. And we know this because of Saul Alinsky's tactics. And I know I know you have uh, notes on them right here, but Saul Alinsky, there is no unscrupulous tactic that is unsavory to the left. The only way it's unsavory is if it doesn't work. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. Saul Alinsky you know, hung out with mobsters. He found yeah. it very uh, uh, entertaining to have these mobsters as friends. But yeah. um, always remember the first rule of power politics. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Yeah. And the second rule is never go outside the experience of your people. When an action is outside the experience of the people, the result is confusion, fear, or retreat. Yeah. The third rule is whenever possible, go outside the experience of your enemy. Here you want them to cause confusion, fear, and retreat. So he had his... his um, his prime directives about tagging people, mm -hmm. calling them names, and then using that name. Um, you're racist. You're a bigot. You're this. Yeah. And once you have that, you're backpedaling, trying to defend yourself. No, I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. And you've fallen you. right into the you've trap. You've fallen into the trap. So we can't allow people to tag us with names. And actually, the people who call you names are actually the ones who really are the racists and the bigots. Yeah. Now we discovered that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what do you do as a side? If I'm the left, what do I do if I have no moral foundation, but I want to prey on people who do have a moral foundation? Well, you use moral sentiment. 
And there was a yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah, you prey upon the goodness of this middle class. Right, because... Middle class people are pretty decent people. I don't care where you go. I've, I've, I've been in other countries. I've mm -hmm. been in over 40 countries, and I've seen how other cultures uh, process life. Yeah. But if you go to those countries, the average man just wants to get along. They yeah. want to work. They want to have a family. Uh, they want to have friends over. They want to have some good food and, and fellowship. Uh, they don't want to cause wars. Mm -hmm. But no. politicians are the same. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, and it, it's funny, too, because you know, we, we see deals with, uh, deals with politicians all the time. I feel like my generation goes back and forth between being in two different societies. One is the book of 1984 from George Orwell, and one is the book Brave New World, yeah. where everybody's taking Soma and trying to trying to dull everything else. Or, you know, one of the things that I found fascinating about Brave New World is is in the book it describes these babies, and if they're in uh, a certain class, they're they're groomed by people who are sexually perverted to be perverted into to shun all monogamy and family relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's other groups where they're shocked whenever knowledge comes up. So they're, they're taught to hate uh, knowledge and books and nature. And they're in the lower class of, mm -hmm. of sentiment where they taught books are not important. Grammar's not important. And well, we see that today. Oh, it's, it's, I saw, I saw the trajectory in my lifetime. You know, I grew up, I was born in the forties, grew up in the fifties and sixties. And I saw, how culturally things change. And we went from Ozzy and Harriet to Ozzy Osbourne. And <laughs> it, it was a, a decline, a spiraling that's taking place today. And if you ever want to see where a culture is headed, you, you listen to its music and its arts, because mm -hmm. that's where you actualize what's in your heart. Yes. If you've got a, a gift for painting, you paint pictures where everyone looks at the picture and everybody knows what it is. Yeah. And, and then you see the paintings today and um, yeah. they have these famous artists and paintings going for million, millions of dollars. And they look like the bottom of a birdcage. I mean, right. and the music. Um, I, I will say, though, for music, there's a reason Rich Men North of Richmond became a huge hit. I don't know what that is. So. Oh, you've never heard that song? I'm out of the culture. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very famous conservative uh, song, but it was by this guy who's just singing in his backyard. You know, he was talking about how these world classes and governments control everything that they that you do, and how much they hate you, and how like they decide the rules and fate of your life. And it it's really sad. But one of the things I do want to encourage people is that um, obviously we're Christians. We believe that God has a a foundation and a reason for everybody, but there is also a way out if we can figure it out. The basically when it's almost like people are trapped in these mind prisons, like these human farms in which, you know, they, they just keep their head down and they do what the government powers want them to do. But the second you see the farm is the, is the second you can leave it. Well, it's a red pill and a blue pill. I mean, all yeah. those, um, those themes are evident in our literature, in our movie, in our genres, yeah. uh, waking people up to the deception that's all around us. Yeah, like Plato's Cave. Yeah, Plato's Cave. Yeah, yeah. it's a classic, uh, you know, showing that, you know, you're you're living in shadows. And when you come to the light, it's so, it's so bright, it actually causes you to retreat. I don't yeah. want to hear the truth. It scares you. And what, you know, here's college campuses where this is the intelligentsia of the future. Mm -hmm. These are the sharpest young minds that we can have in any culture. And yet they cannot seem to have civil dialogue. No. It's always screaming and yelling. 
a conservative cannot speak on a college campus. They get shouted out or there's protests. Yeah, yeah, or they try to kill them. And I'm going, yeah. wait a minute. I thought you want knowledge. You want experience. You want to hear other people's life uh, challenges. Uh, but you don't. Yeah. We, we're, we're being very rigid. We're locked into our own ideology and stuffing our fingers in our ears and humming the Star Spangled Banner saying, I don't want to hear anything other than what I have. And you, you get in those echo chambers. Yeah. And, and you stick your head in an aquarium tank and all you see is your own reflection. And we can't have that. No. We and and that. one of the most valuable things that they never teach now is debate. And that's why my debates on the college were a huge hit. was yeah. because every... Oh, you did a... Despite the fact that, you know, I had a ton of people who wanted to shut me up and cancel the event and disrupt yeah, yeah. it and everything else, which did happen. I did get disrupted at one point. Um, there were a bunch of people who wanted to actually see it. Because here's the thing, I it wasn't like only one side was represented. Yeah, yeah. we both we had both sides represented. Yes, I was at your debate. You did a marvelous job. I mean, you really did. And I appreciate it. You were you were articulate. You were well schooled. You had your information. And the other guy was all passion. It's all it was all, and and you want to know in the end, passion wins. Yeah. Well, sometimes when I would would ask him um, questions on his own sentiment. He didn't know how to answer. And I don't even think that's necessarily his fault. Maybe he's just never been taught to actually scrutinize and analyze his own positions. Because this happened to me when I was a little kid. I had to defend uh, the world of the giver, which was a communist kind of utopia. And I had to argue for that side. And when I argued for that side, I said, okay, if I were to believe in this, how would I argue it? And you know what ended up happening as a result? Not only did I defend it well, but now I knew exactly the things to listen for, the things to hear. Yes. Oh, we can end war. We can yes. end poverty. Yes. We can do all these things. Yes. And now I know this is the message that will be sent out for the people who are trying to get other people to believe in this. Now I know how to defend my position even better. Yeah, if you have emotion without thinking... Uh, it's like having a, a car that has a thousand horsepower but no steering wheel. Right. It's it's not if it's going to crash. It's when it's going to crash and how bad is the accident going to be. Right. And today we have emotionally charged individuals at every age level and mm -hmm. in every group, and all they are is charged with huge emotion, but there's no steering wheel. Mm -hmm. But you find me someone who has a steering wheel yeah. and a big engine, and, and they can win races. And so uh, just having a big engine, having lots of passion is, is great. But if you don't have something that directs your ideolo ideology and your thinking, um, you're headed for trouble. And that's yeah. where we're headed in our country. We don't have values. We don't have morals. Everything is okay. Um, the yeah, basics it, of, yeah. of a gender, we have to sit and explain a gender. We have Supreme Court justice that can't give us a definition of the word woman. See, I, I saw that happening five years ago, and um, nobody was talking about it, even at the conservative events. And I ended up asking a actually a Christian professor who was a professor of uh, theology and all these other things. Um, I'm pretty sure it's still up. But, you know, he, he said basically what's happened is they've brought back the the ideology of Gnosticism, that the body is a part yeah, from. Yes, it, yes. And it's a new age Gnosticism. The body is not part of the spirit. It's like I'm driving a car, but the car is not part of me. It's just something I'm in. And I can change it whenever I want or I can do to it what I want. But also, this ties into the moral fabric of our society that five years ago, cutting off a genital organ off of a child 
would be considered, it would get you locked up. And now the same people who would consider that evil are now defending it. Why? Because they don't have moral foundation. They only appeal to moral sentiment. Uh, yeah, and, and when you have um, something like your moral code that is flexing with the weather, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. I mean, we have a thermostat in our house um, that regulates the temperature. Yeah. But that thermostat is also hooked up to a furnace and an air conditioning system. It's not just taking a thermostat from Home Depot and screwing it to the wall. Right. It has to be hooked up to something. And so uh, if we're going to have a thermom- or thermostat, we need to have the thermostat set to things that really work. We have, we've got years and years and centuries of history to tell us what works and what doesn't work. Do you see globalist sentiment in the church? Absolutely. When you live in a culture, you cannot escape it. Yeah. It, 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 unless you have to, it's like a current that takes you along. You know, dead fish flow downstream because they don't have any strength to fight against the stream. And so as the stream gets faster and faster, more powerful, you have to be able to swim against the tide. And that's what's taking place. And people, due to weariness and the busyness of our lifestyle, have given up, said, ugh, it's easier just to quit swimming. I'll just go with the flow. Yeah. Well, God hasn't called us to go with the flow. God's called us to um, make progress, whatever the flow. Yeah, people have unique talents. And and in this time of turmoil, I tell them, you need to do everything that you can do because there will get to a point where you can't do anything. And we're not at that point yet, but... We're 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 Pretty now close. having we're we're now having to pick up the slack for people who are giving up. Yes, yes, and and and, and that just makes us have to work harder. You know, unity is a tough thing to defeat. Yeah. Uh, all the way back to the Bible, it says the people were united to build the Tower of Babel. Yeah. And God said, "Let us go down and confuse their languages, because if these people are unified, yeah, nothing they desire will be kept from them." Well, we were called the United States. Yeah. We were united, and we don't have that anymore. We're the divided states of America, and we're divided along. I mean, we've always had Bear fans and Green Bay Packer fans and Cubs and White Sox, but um, the real issues, the moral pillars of our life, were consistent, and today we don't have that. No one agrees on anything. Well, we saw what happened during COVID. I mean, you saw what happened during COVID. Can you go into that briefly? Because you have a unique experience in which you were trying to keep a church open during a time where the whole world was shutting down and we live in a very blue state. Yes. And so we had uh, a governor that's very liberalized. He's part of the New World Order. He's part of the world. They probably want to run him for president. Mm -hmm. But the idea that we can decide who should be open. A strip club can be open <laughs> and, and liquor stores can be open, but churches are non-essential. Yeah. And so my pastor friend gave me a t-shirt that says churches are essential. Yeah. And a church is nothing more than a group of people. We are the church. That building is not the church. Right. And I decided with some others that we would not tolerate this. So we got together and we filed a lawsuit against the governor. saying, you cannot shut down our churches. We have First Amendment rights, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. Mm -hmm. And when our case went before the court, there was 35 others with it. Yeah. And the government said, you know, we're not going to fight this. You can open. Yeah. And what happens if we didn't fight? 
you would have been like every other church. We, we, see, and so if you've read Bonhoeffer's book, um, I mean, if you've read Metaxas's um, book on Bonhoeffer, yeah. he talks about the 20,000 pastors that just capitulated to Hitler because, you know, we, we mix government and religion. And if the government says this, we need to obey government because that's what the Bible says, Romans 13. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I've been doing a series on Christianity in context. I find out that, wait a minute, there are times when it's okay to disagree with government. And I know that sounds like heresy, but yeah. we, we, we started with uh, the Hebrew uh, or the Egyptian midwives yes. were told to kill all babies who were male. Yeah. And it said they would not. They would not kill the male babies. And when the Pharaoh said, I ordered you to do this, why are you not doing it? They said, you know, you know, Pharaoh, those Jewish women are just so strong. I mean, they, they have a baby and they just run off. And yeah. I said, <laughs> I've known a lot of women have babies. I don't know if we're going to jump up and run away. Also, they lied, didn't they? They lied. They lied. And it said God blessed them yeah. and made them fruitful and they bore children. Yeah. And we have other cases in the Bible where there was some deception in there. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, is God saying it's okay to tell lies? Mm -hmm. No, I think God is saying that we we listen to a higher power, a higher authority. And I, I used the illustration when I was on the fire department uh, in my younger days, I was on the Niles fire department and the very first fire I was at, you know, it was a bedroom fire and it just happened. It was during the day, which is very rare, but something caught on fire and I'm the new guy and I'm on the back step and the lieutenant says, okay, take the pipe and go in the building. So if you know the story, the grab the pipe, the, the nozzle, yeah. and the engine pulls down the street and hose yeah. unravels. Yeah, yeah. And then he hooks up the, the hydrant in the front and turns on the pump and hooks the hoses up. I got water. I go in the front door. A lieutenant is there and says, yeah. uh, uh, hey, take that hose and go around the right. I go around the right and the captain is there. And he said, no, I won't take that hose. Go around the other side. I go around the other side and just happened, the chief happened to be there who didn't always stop at fires, but he did. And he said, no, take it in the front door. Well, you know, I go in the front door. He tells me, I told you to take it around. I go to yeah. side. He yells at me. I get back to the chief and I said, chief, what am I supposed to do? Right. He said, how many bugles I have in my hat? I yeah. said, you got three bugles. He said, how many does a captain have? Two. How many does a lieutenant got? One. He said, whoever has the most bugles is who you listen to. Right. Because there's going to come a time when we're, our government says, you got to get the mark of the beast. That's yes, going to happen. Yes. And but, we're going to have to listen to who has the highest bugles. And God has the ultimate number of bugles. So uh, we're coming to a point where, hence the series Christianity in Context, mm -hmm. we may have to stand in opposition to government, which is violating Romans 13. And we got the pastor out in California. He said, we should never disobey government. And here <laughs> it is, This he's the one that stood against Governor Newsom and left his church open, and they tried to yeah. put charges against him. And I said, well, uh, yes, I'm not suggesting, and please don't anyone walk away saying, the pastor said we can lie and deceive our government. No, when a higher moral issue is at stake, yeah. we choose the higher issue. Yeah. Government would, is not my salvation. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I feel like we're in a stage right now where we need to get prepared because we're, we're facing a lot and we're facing people who have been planning out for a very, very, very long time on how to upend this. And there's all these different sentiments of who do we trust? What, where do we go to? Let me tell you guys, you can always trust God. That, that's that, right. You could always trust I can God. trust God. That's the one 
person who's Don't never going to lie. God. Don't disobey God. Don't disobey God. So, and God said, if, if you're faithful and little, I trust you in yeah. much. And we dealt with Saul last yes. week about Saul uh, was listening to the people. Yes. So we're, we're facing choices like those men in the Bible and women. Um, Saul said, I, I, I feared men. Yeah. And I, I let him take spoil and I didn't kill the King Agag. And we're faced with, we have a government that could be corrupt, that is yeah. not infallible. We love government. I would never want to live in a culture where there was no government. Mm -hmm. That's chaos. Yeah. We need government, but we need good government. Yeah. And we have abandoned that because we've elect politicians rather than statesmen. Yeah. And on, on top of that, um, just, just the way kind of government functions now in which... We used to grow up with this lie that was told to us that any person can become president. Now it seems like, <laughs> oh, you can become president if you appeal to all these special interests. Um, and my, my, my little brother recently got into the series 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. And, at, and in oh, the yeah. first season, you have um, a black president, which was novel at the time in 2001. But he's he's trying to come into he's a good man an upstanding man and he wants to be a good leader for the country it but it turns out the people who are backing him are very corrupt and there's a scandal that's looming <laughs> over him involving something his son did that he didn't know about oh and uh, you know people end up doing very shady things when he's trying to stop it and the more he tries to stop it the more it unravels and they said yes you're a good man but the people who might be backing you maybe not so much not so as clean as the driven snow yes and and that and i want people to know that is often the case with american politics that, that you can have people who have good moral values but there are deeper they're, they're things at work pressure. i think if i was president yeah and i think oh i could no i couldn't they would tie me in knots yes they and, would make me compromise on the smallest of things and then little by little they keep cracking that door open further and further and before you're totally uh, bought and paid for. If you've ever seen the movie, The Godfather, there's yes, scenes in there the where same, the politician, yeah. uh, you know, pretty soon uh, was coming against them, but all of a sudden they caught him in a compromising situation. And uh, next thing you know, he backed off. And yeah. so it, it is very, very difficult and becoming more difficult in our day and age to become true and pure in all of our moral decisions. Because, mm -hmm. Uh, we we accuse other people of being hypocritical. You're a hypocrite. Well, you did this. You, you say we should eat healthy, but I saw you eating potato chips the other right. day. Uh, it, we all have our own little hypocrisies. Let's not think anybody is totally pure. We all have areas where we compromise. Mm -hmm. Let's keep them to a minimum, and let's not break any of the big laws of God. So I have four criteria that I use. Number one is it's sin. Did you do something sinful? No, it's not sinful. Um, it, did it? Um, did anybody die? Did it cause the death of anybody? No. Was anybody seriously injured? No. Did it cost a lot of money to fix it? No. Well, then I have to let those things go. Yeah. So what's on your horizon for 2024? What do you think we should be looking out for right now? Other than just like, for, first of all, for ourselves, right? A lot of people have New Year's resolutions, but also around us. What, what do you think are some big things that are going to happen this year? Well, I think the government and our governments in general around the world, we're all in debt. Yeah. And I think, how could how could all the governments be in debt? You know, imagine we're sitting around with four or five friends and we're playing Monopoly. Yeah. And all of a sudden we come to the point in the game where everybody's broke, everybody's <laughs> bankrupt. You start to say, wait a minute, somebody's gotta be winning the game. We can't all be losers. 
and yet we find out that there is someone stealing the money. Yeah. And so how is it all the nations of the world are in debt? And this hit me back in the early 90s. I'm driving in the car and I got the radio on and I hear, oh, by the way, in, uh, in financial news, the government of Switzerland is going to... Um, is 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 uh, going to be in debt. They're yeah. getting off the gold standard. Yeah. And I thought Switzerland's got all the gold in the world. I mean, they got. Yeah. Why would they go off the? Why gold would they standard? have the gold standard? Because that that's when I began to stop and think. Wait a minute. Why are we off the gold standard? Why are we off the silver standard? Right. And now we have no standard. We have no standard. So and, we, and we don't even have the petrol dollar anymore because Saudi yeah, Arabia yeah. decided to cut off from that. Yep. And we saw what happened with Russia when they were yeah, cut off and yeah. they backed their currency back gold. And now it's one of the most valuable in the world, the Russian ruble. Well, the, the Brenton Wood uh, agreement was made to fix all of that. If you don't know what that is, look that up. Brenton Wood, B-R-E-T-T-O-N-W-O-D. And you see where the world powers got together near the end of World War II and said, well, Okay, the world's wars over. What are we going to do to recalculate uh, mm -hmm. right. uh, and and also how to manipulate this right. horrible war and uh, with sixty two million people killed? How are we going to process this? And they found a way to benefit from it, which is another sermon for another day. Which they always do. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people don't understand this. I try to explain to them our entire system is based off debt and your entire life is based off debt. And they said, well, how do you figure that? I'm like, well, you go to school, then you go to college. What do you do to get to college? Well, you take out a loan. Then what do you do? You get a job so that you can pay off your loan, but then you got to get to work. So you got to get a car loan. <laughs> and and then when you get the car loan and they, then you paid off, now you get you get a loan for um you, you, a house, a house. house and then yeah. and then after you get the house or to start a business now now you want a better car now you got to get a second car loan now after that after you're done with your starter home which you know we don't have a concept of that today because we can't afford it but yeah now you got to get a bigger home everything we do and then your credit score determines all of that and your debt you know you want debt but you want good debt and you want that all sorted out so our entire lives are kind of based off of tape borrowing money and <laughs> see this all happened in my lifetime see, yeah i grew up uh people did not go to college out of high school no yeah i know and i went to college out of high school and i bombed out my first semester yeah because I wasn't ready for college and I didn't even know what I was, what was I there for? Yeah. It's just because, well, it, you start, should go to college. Uh, all my friends went into trades. They made a lot of money. I ended up going into trades. I made, I did well. I made money as a machinist, but uh, they realized that when you don't have a goal in mind, just going to college, acquiring debt. Yeah. And by the way, I went to Circle Campus. I mean, it was a couple hundred dollars. It was not a lot of money to go right. to college. Now, I mean, to go to college, I mean, you know, we're talking fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars a year. They sold that to me. They're like, "Well, we can put you in a police force and everything else. All we need to do is eighty thousand dollars a year. That's it." I'm like, "That's it." Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> good money. I'm yeah. going to be making fifty grand a year, and you're, yeah. you, you know, but yeah, it's yeah, right. It, anyone who's listening to this, if you do want a decent job, you can get online. You can get an accounting uh, degree for like three to five grand online. Or, or you can do apprenticeships. In the yeah. old days, everything was an apprenticeship. If you wanted to be a doctor, you went and worked with a doctor. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's many opportunities for you to learn. We got young guys in our church, welders, are making 40 bucks an hour. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, no, and, I know. And they didn't pay, they don't have college debt. 
And see, so a guy goes to college and he gets a four-year degree and he's a hundred grand in debt and he meets a girl and they get married. She's got a hundred grand in debt. Now they got $200,000. They can't afford children. They can't afford a house. They can't afford payments. And now you said you're going to have car payments. I'm, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because you have no idea how yeah. many times like I'm on a date and then I, yeah. I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, how much, how much is this girl in debt? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I'll just, to just like, give you perspective. Yeah. I, I never in my life made a car payment. Yeah. I never bought a car I couldn't afford. I saved the money. Mm. In the old days, you saved the money, yeah. and then you bought what you wanted. And then they had something called layaway plan. You don't know what that is. No. So you go to Sears. I want to buy a new furnace, and and the furnace is uh, at that time seven hundred bucks. So I'm going to put fifty dollars a week or a month away. I'm going to stop every day. I'm going to sign a, a check over to you. And they hold the money. And when the money reaches 700, then I can come and buy the furnace. So right. they provided a little savings account for you. Right. But, you know, in that, in that sense too, um, because we've printed more dollars than we ever have in the history yeah. of the, our entire country. Right. The value of what I can buy with those dollars has gone down. So, and so, so if you can, if you can, do a little financial jujitsu yes. and you get the debt and now it's not as much to pay off that loan, but you got to, you got to get a return for your value. Don't go into debt for a depreciating asset. Right. Well, just to give you a little perspective, cause I'm old. Yeah. Um, well, I like that you're old because yeah, I'm young yeah. and I need the wisdom of the old and so do, and so I need do all the, my listeners. And, and I need the vitality need. and creativity and energy of you young people. So I, I yeah. love the old and young working together, but um, a loaf of bread was 25 cents. Um, <laughs> I would love to see a gas, that. Gasoline was 27 cents. It was wow. 25, but then it went to 27 when I started driving. 27 cents a gallon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I bought a uh, very nice Oldsmobile 442 convertible nice. for $2,200. It was used. Wow. It was it was two wow. years old. $2,200. Yeah. My brother brought a brand new Chevy um, Biscayne mm-hmm. for $2,100. Yeah. So uh, that's a different style. And I think, well, why, why is, why is a new car 30 grand? 25? Why is a used car the same as the old new car? Yeah. <laughs> you, Cause well, they, that's all systematic. They've been plotting this all along, but uh, those are just the issues and how things have changed. People did not go into debt. If you took out a loan, you paid it back. This whole yeah. school loan thing is 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 a is a game. It's a business. It's That's a business. Because it it, I'll tell you what, if you didn't allow college students, if they couldn't get loans, because yeah. mom and dad signed for them, yeah. if they couldn't get loans, then guess what? College tuition would have to stay low. Mm-hmm. But college tuitions have gone up astronomically compared to salaries. And what yeah. And, and professors then, are making 250, 300,000 a year teaching one or two classes. And they're teaching gender studies. Uh, gender studies <laughs> and basket weaving and yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. It's, uh, it's such a scam uh, on the people. Like I'm not saying never go to college. Like if you're going to be a doctor. Yeah, no, yeah sure, you got to you know, go to college. You, get, you have to. You want to be an electrical engineer? Thing. Yeah, my so son. I'm not against college, but I need you guys to understand what useless degrees are. Yes. Like, and I need you to understand, you need to get that right, right away. And if you, you learn a work ethic. So yeah. in, in China, you cannot go to college out of high school. Yeah. You have to work for four years. Yeah. And you have to work in industry, means in the factory, you have to work on a farm, or you have to go in the military. Mm-hmm. And then after you've completed four years and we map, you say, oh, this kid's got a propensity for this or this. Then you're allowed to go to college. It's yeah. all free. You go to college, but you have to room. If you were a military, you have to room with a farmer and a factory worker. 
Yeah. So you get a, a multiplicity of experiences and interaction. If I just military all hung out together, they take over the place. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. So it's a well, we've covered a lot of ground here. We have. Yeah, we good. have. I, I want to thank you for coming on because you have so many insights. You're one of my most popular guests for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. we we love having you on, well, and um, you. I, I'd encourage you guys to hear some of these guys' sermons. Maybe if we can, if I can figure out how to use the technicals, maybe we can even air one of your sermons. One. Well, that would be uh, always fun. They can always go online at livingwatersag.org and they can watch them live. Um, just uh, do you want to touch? Do you have time to touch on I this? I have plenty of time. I have okay. as much time as you have. Well, um, um, many years ago, I had I had this document in my possession since 1976. Wow. So it, it's an old document, but it, it actually goes back to 1919 in Dusseldorf, Germany, after World War I. The American Allied Forces got this document, and it's entitled Rules for Revolution by the Communist Party. So you remember 1919, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, communists took over Russia, killed the Tsar and his family, et cetera, et cetera. We won't go into all of that. But they took over, and they had these rules. Now, this was not released to the public until 1948. Mm-hmm. So I had it since 76. So you'll read, and they say, oh, that's not true. It didn't happen then. I don't care. I know I had it for the last 47 years. Wow. And so I'll just read one or two of them. But yeah, the number ahead, one, please. the number one rule. What's the first one? Well, take a guess. Um, destroy the family. Yes. <laughs> okay, here you go. We will corrupt their youth. We will get them interested in sex. Yep. And we will make them superficial and weak, and we will destroy their ruggedness. Yeah. So... Separating the culturally the families. Kid goes to college. He gets out of high school. He's 18. He doesn't have two brain cells working, right? Mm-hmm. He goes away to college where he's away from mom and dad's influence and grandparents. See, grandparents were really important too. Yeah. And he's out there with all of his friends who dictate his decisions. So why am I listening to my friends who don't know any more about life than I do? Why not listen to mom and dad who have vested interest in me? They loved me, diapered me, fed me, stayed up with me when I was sick. And were there for me, but I don't listen to them because that's a gender gap. I mean, a generation gap. I'm listening to my friends who are clueless, who are interested in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yep. And so it causes division in the family and society. When you break the family, you break the culture. It's only a matter of time till all the pieces fall down. Mm-hmm. Music, art, drama will pervert their thinking. Yeah. Socrates would not allow music to be sung by the soldiers except patriotic songs. Because oh, wow. he knew sensual songs led them down the road, and you know right. we have a, we have these things working inside of it. We are sexual creatures, but it is not to dominate our life, right? Okay, yeah. and it make them focus on pleasure for the moment and give no thoughts to their future. Yeah, uh, a book written in when Hollywood says yes, can America say no? By Gene Wolfenberger, and he talked about the media used to be a mirror that reflected culture. Today, media is a hammer that shapes culture. So number one rule is destroy the youth because that's the future. And this was known by Karl Marx and all the others. And of course, Hitler, uh, Mussolini, they had their black shirts. They had their brown shirts. Destroy the youth. Uh, And what do you do? You make them all dress the same. What did Mao do? He put them all in those uniforms, unisex uniforms, men and women. Destroy their gender. Destroy their individuality. Make them just a little brick in the wall. Mm Mm-hmm. Second, we will control all forms of media. Yeah, this is publicity, propaganda will keep the minds 
off government and what they're doing and keep them occupied on entertainment, sexy books and dramas and other trivialities. This was before movies. Yeah. Speaking of media guys, share yeah. this because I'm probably going to get shadow banned. Yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> shadow banning is when you are allowed to put media out, but nobody can actually see it except for yourself. So this was a big thing on Twitter before Elon Musk took over. Oh, So you shadow banning is like, I, I can produce content and put it out there to the public, mm -hmm. but I may be the only person seeing it. And the only way it gets shared because the algorithm gets pinned against you oh. is if you share it to somebody else. So, and this is why nobody can figure out anything about the WEF because I look them up and the algorithm makes it so that I can't find other people's oh, content. Well, you, you taught me something. So that's good. I love when <laughs> I learn from others. Number three, we'll divide people into the hostile, hostile groups by constantly harping about controversial issues of no importance. Yep. Divide and conquer. And I have much I could talk about from racial problems to religious problems to socioeconomic. The rich man's my enemy. The white yeah. man's my enemy. No, I'm my biggest enemy. Me, the guy in the mirror, is my biggest enemy because he makes me do things I are not good. And all my problems right. and, and come I, from I, me, not from anybody else. I tell people that all the time yeah. about personal accountability. Oh, it's the rich people's fault that I can't be successful. Well, right. what if you took all the money you spent on cigarettes and you bought Apple for the past 10 years? Yeah, yeah. you'd be rich or yeah. Yahoo. Yeah. yeah. Number four, destroy people's faith in national leaders by holding them up to contempt and constant ridicule. Yes, everything the, is ridiculed to the, an insane the, degree. Holding the, the door open for a lady I've been yelled at. Yeah, I, you think of today. I mean, I we always respected policemen. You would never talk no. back to a policeman, a school teacher, or a parent. Mm -hmm. When I hear how kids talk to parents, it's it's appalling, and they don't understand. They're cutting their legs out from underneath them. Number five, always preach tolerance and democracy, but seize power as fast and ruthlessly as possible. The ACLU is not a friend of America, nope. or not a friend of civil liberties. Nope. Number six, by encouraging government extravagances, destroy its credit, produce fear of inflation with increasing prices and general discontent of the masses. We're going broke. Yep. It hasn't hit yet. We still got teenagers with $1,000 cell phones and $5 lattes in their in their hands. That's, they don't understand. It's not going to last. It's true. That's mostly them living to, from today. But in Bidenomics, yeah. 50% of all Americans between the ages of 18 to 29 now live with their parents. That used to be 20% about yeah, three years yeah. ago. And it, it's going to, they're going to move back. And when my parents got married, they couldn't afford to live. They lived in with my parents, my grandparents. Yeah. Cause we can't afford it. Cause you can't afford it. Number seven, promote strikes in vital industries, encourage foster lenient attitudes by government towards such disorders, promote unions. SEIU controls the country. They control elections because they have millions and millions of dollars. They can direct where they want and they can elect who they want. And you know the story, they could elect a ham sandwich in Chicago as and mayor. It, so If it had a D next to his name, it's the front. That's runner. exactly right. By constant argument, cause breakdown of moral virtues, honesty, sobriety, self-control, disciplines, and faith in the pledged word. Today, your word means nothing. Yep. And last but not least is cause a registration of all firearms and then uh, trump up a pretext to confiscate them and leave the population completely disarmed. And I have, I've got pages and pages of uh, commentary, but those are the nine rules for revolution by the Communist Party. And maybe we come back another day and cover them uh, in a little more greater detail. So yep. 
Okay. All right. Well, All right. Pastor Rich, thank you for coming on. You're always welcome back. We always love hearing from you and definitely a, a, a lot to take from this episode. Um, I was playing, I, I, I thought we only had about 45 minutes worth of materials and it's been almost an hour and a half. It's just, flown is by. it really, oh, is wow. it really, it's, it's about it. an hour and 20 minutes now, but that's, that's perfectly fine. I'd much rather cover too much than too little. Well, let me just conclude with uh, some thoughts you mentioned earlier. Where do we go from here? Yeah, that's I think where number one at. is um, we we have to reestablish the foundation. Yeah, you can't build a building. You have to if the you got a crack in the foundation, you got to fix the foundation. Mm -hmm. the foundation is man's belief in God. Uh, it says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord, meaning reverence for God, is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Until you have someone in your life that can bring you in line and and begin to order your life. Um, you're not going anywhere because if you're making all your own decisions based on your pleasures and what you want at the moment, you're nothing but a selfish brat. Yeah. So submit yourself to God. And then the second one is, of course, love your neighbor as yourself, the two basic foundations. And through that, we can have unity. Um, we don't have the biggest church. We don't have the best church. We don't have, we have a church, yeah. but we have a church family. And yeah. you know that I think churches should be the family where people come. And though we have different backgrounds, different nationalities, different races, yeah. different economic backgrounds, we find a general unity because unity is critical to going anywhere. The United States have to become united again. Yeah. And so um, that's what Lincoln faced during the Civil War, was a divided country. And um, he, he, he had probably the most difficult time of any president trying yeah. to deal with a revolution within its midst. We could have another revolution. But it's important for us to find commonality. I've been doing this series, Christianity in Context, and I dealt with the law of commonality. We live in this country because we have some common values, mm -hmm. even though they're being eradicated eradicated but we have common values that you shouldn't steal you shouldn't lie you should help one another you should love one another those common laws that keep us united if we lose that we lose the glue so i'm encouraging people develop relationships get away from the cell phone and the media and sit around and talk in the old days we'd hang on a corner and we'd sit and talk for hours just just my buddies and i you know, it, it's, we didn't it's need anything else. It's funny because like so many people are like, well, if the apocalypse is upon us, then what am I supposed to do? And I, I said, tell them, um, number one, be dependent on God and not on government. But number yeah. two, find friends. Yes. Of common values. Yeah. And then we build a core nucleus and we start building from there. Yeah. So uh, that's my closing comments. We'll chat another day on that because that is a big subject. Yeah. But always a, a great time being with you. I really appreciate your heart for God and your your heart for people. You care about people and you have a wonderful family. Love I, your I family. really, I really do care about yeah. people. You yeah. know, um, you know, I'm not perfect, just like anybody else. Yep. My family's yep. not perfect, but. Uh, we do our best with what God's given us, yes. and that's all we Amen. can do. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Conservative Connection. Uh, please uh, share it out. If you guys want to get us a coffee, we've got a cash tag coffee for conservatives because, you know, when life gives us lemons, we trade it for coffee. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in. And as always, stay connected. Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.